0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Dumbo back in the show and this is going to be one of our last episodes for the 2021-22 NBA season. We're just going to do some season reviews and then it's on to talking about the season and just sort of looking ahead and it's going to be a very fun offseason. But before we get to all that stuff, we got to talk about some season reviews. So we're going to split this up. In the two episodes. Today we're gonna to talk about the younger guys on the roster and rookie head coach Wes Unsell Jr. And then next episode we'll talk about the veterans, the, the KCP, Beal, Kuzma, KP oriented show. And then we'll also get into Tommy Shepard's year as well. But today, as I said, we are getting into the young guys and Coach Wes Unsell Jr. Before we do that, just a little bit of housekeeping here. If you are not subscribed to the show, please make sure that you are. Rate us five stars and leave a comment. Anything you like, you don't like, any suggestions, feedback, leave it in the comments. You can also DM me. My DMs, I think, are open and message me anytime, again, if you have any of those things that you want to bring up to me as well. But, Tom, we're just sort of your instant reaction. Uh, how do you feel now that the, the season is over? I... I'm a little sad, I guess, that we don't get to watch any Wizards basketball for a while now. But I got to tell you, there's a little bit of sense of relief, and hopefully now it's a it's a good time to just sit back on the couch, not have any feelings invested, and just enjoy some what, what what's shaping up to be, I think, a quality postseason.
1: Yeah, man, I'm 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 over it. Like I'm 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 ready to move on to the draft, man. I'm just I got my fingers crossed for some lottery luck. Uh, and I'm I'm ready to get on with it, man, and and see what we got coming in uh, this off season, cause I feel like they actually may finally have a, a talent base that's that's worth building around. Like i got actually, you can actually expect some wins on. So, um, I'm I'm ready to to, to, to move <laughs> to move on.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And we're going to get into all those scenarios again in the coming weeks and coming months. So appreciate everyone that's continued to listen to us throughout the season. I know that we gained a lot of new listeners this year looking at the numbers. So, uh, I know the Twitter spaces helped with that. So thank you guys for tuning into those as well. If you do, uh, I'm sure we're, we're going to do a couple of those throughout the summer as well. So I uh, definitely be on the lookout for that as well, but. We do got to start with the younger players today. This may be a little random word. I'll I'll try to go from least relevant to most relevant. Let's start at the bottom of the roster here. So I think we kind of had the same stance on Cassius Winston before the season. And I get why they're keeping him. Uh, I think a, a lot of last year you saw him and Beal joking on the on the sideline, and I think that that's important to have guys that you can um, have laughs with and joke around. And, and Cash is a well-respected guy. I mean, a lot of times in postgame, and we saw it with the season finale against the Hornets, he just seems really cool with everyone. And so I think that that's a nice, genuine piece you can have uh, in your locker room. However, uh, as it pertains to... On court production, when you consider his size, skill set, I just don't think that it's anything that we need to keep uh,
1: going forward. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's good guy. You know, does does the the I like him in the locker room, um, but yeah, I think I think. it's it's time to move on. Like we, we got to get younger at the position. We have to get bigger at the position and he doesn't really fit that. So yeah, I I hope Tommy is able to kind of put his big boy pants on and, and not go, you know, heart any in in relationship emotion over the product that he's seeing on the court and, and make the best decision for the team going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think so too. And again, he's he's a good dude and um, definitely appreciate his time here with us. Uh, One of the things that he really couldn't do up until the season was shoot the ball. But I mean, even after that, it seems like he really doesn't have a lot of good natural playmaking skills. I mean, he was a scoring guard in college. And when you're that size and you're trying to be a scorer at this level, I mean, you really have to be Isaiah Thomas level of scoring or like a a Lou Williams level of scoring to – to have a role in this league. And I just, I don't see that for him now. If he wants to, if he can't sign anywhere, wants to chill with the go-go for a couple of years, you know, maybe some guys get injured during the season. God forbid we have another COVID scare next year and we need some able bodies. I mean, I'm, I'm down for that sort of role, but in terms of being uh taking up a two way spot on the roster, I just don't see the benefit to that. Um, uh, Jordan shackle, I guess we, we could touch on for a sec. Uh, How much have you seen from him with the go-go? I know that he played the the last couple games here of the regular season, but I didn't really watch them. So I don't know how much you watched of him, what you think about his physicality, his his traits in terms of height, length, wingspan, any of that. If you don't have anything, we can move on. But I figured I'd ask you about him since you probably know a little bit more than I do.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't know a lot. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of him, but when we first uh, when we first called him up, um, I, you know, I checked him out a little bit. And so he was like, you know, a six six guard uh, kind of microwave shooter. Like, right. I, I, I'm not opposed to holding on to him. And maybe you you strike lightning in a bottle and you find another uh, uh, Garrison Matthews, uh, a guy you can, you know, it's super cheap. He can shoot the ball, which is, you know. Is a, is a is a commodity in, commodity in the nba and you know he develops to be that guy but this time you actually keep him instead of letting him walk in the case of of matthew so i'm not opposed to you know keeping him as a as a as a two-way guy yeah i'm not either
0: and he's still relatively young himself you know he's at uh, 23 so he's still got some time against six six 200 pounds i think that's a uh, Good size for a modern wing, uh, average 14 points, four rebounds, two assists in the G League. And I know that the reputation around him is a good shooter. So if he can continue to improve with that, um, maybe show something on the defensive end, at least be able to to stay in front of some wings at the NBA level. I think that eventually there's a scenario painted to where you could turn him, uh, turn him into a regular roster spot. I think they'll be eligible to sign him uh, on a two-way contract for another year. And then I think after next year, I think he would be a restricted free agent if I am guessing that right. But um, I I definitely would say that he's someone I'd be more willing to keep than Cassius Winston Um, moving forward just because of, again, his skill set in the modern game, uh, physical traits. I think those are important as well. So, no, from Winston being back. Thank you, nice guy. Um, if you want to go with the go, go fine. Jordan Shackle, I think I am totally fine with bringing back uh, to take up one of the two way spots next year. Uh, moving on to our second round pick of this past season, Isaiah Todd. We were what a, we traded back, right? So the the Pacers ended up getting that pick that turned into uh, Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson.
1: Yeah, because we had the 22nd pick from the Russell Westbrook trade. We traded it to the Pacers to move back to 31 and pick up Aaron Holiday. Uh, right. That ended up being a dud, but <laughs> uh, I yeah,
0: I didn't watch much of the Isaiah Jackson this year. I mean, from the the moments I saw, he didn't look all that great. But I will say the same thing for Isaiah Todd. Uh, he just he, it seems like he has nice physical tools. You know, he's about 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", somewhere in there. Um, Thin, is light on his feet, can supposedly shoot the ball a little bit. Um, I haven't seen that at the NBA level from the games I've watched from him. But, I mean, he's definitely going to be a project. I think we all kind of knew that. And they're definitely going to keep him on the roster unless he's a a filler for some sort of trade in the offseason, which, again, we'll get to another day. But, um, you know, I mean, he's going to be on the roster. It is what it is. I mean, they're not just going to flat out cut the guy. But as of right now, I mean, there's no way you can count on him to to be a piece in your rotation at all.
1: Yeah, he, he has all the tools in the world. 6'10", mobility, shooting touch. But he just doesn't know how to play basketball yet. He's like two years away from two years away. Um, I I kind of cringe at it because... You know, that 22nd pick, had they had kept it, could have been Bones Highland, um, mm-hmm. you know, who's who's thriving. Hey, with the look,
0: we, we can do this all day where we can talk about <laughs> other guys that have gone uh, later and we could have picked them. we could do this all day. But let's let's try and keep this positive. You know, we, we can get on draft mistakes and yeah. talk about Tommy Shepard tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm a, <laughs> I'm gonna stay focused here. I'm gonna stay focused. But, but yeah, I, I, I like Isaiah Todd, man. I, I think he, like I said, he's two years away from two years away. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm viewing him in that, in that kind of prism. Um, so yeah, he's gonna be here. You keep him on a two-way and hope that by year, I don't know, four, that you got a guy that knows how to play basketball with the tools that he was, you know, and some touch.
0: Moving on. Now to Daniel Gafford. I will say went up after he went back to the bench post-KP trade. I think that that's a role. And I've been concerned something happens to KP during the season that at least he's, he's shown and now he has that experience to where he can now be a starting big. Uh, we were kind of hoping we would see him step out and maybe hit a mid-range jumper every now and again. Uh, he He didn't really do that. I think maybe he took... Like, what, three jumpers maybe all season? And what he does on the inside is great. I mean, his touch around the rim for his size is fantastic. I mean, just finishing over guys, through guys, under the rim, like behind the backboard, he's, he's crazy good inside. And uh, bouncy, and, and that's a term that Tommy Shepard wanted to use when uh, describing what he wanted to add to the roster last year, and he went out and did it. Uh, very solid player, and I think he's going to be great as a backup five. We already know that they've signed him to the extension. He's going to be making roughly $13 million per year once that extension kicks in, but they do have him for one more season. I think he'll be one point nine mil or something like that next season. So still a little, a little bit of flexibility uh, if they decide they want to go and pay for a wing this offseason, but... Overall, I thought that Daniel Gafford had a, a pretty good year. Um, you know, you'd like to see him cut down on the fouling. We saw that that was still sort of a consistent problem. And again, as we touched on when we were on Locked on Wizards not long ago, him and KP both just aren't physically dominant. But I think against backup bigs, that's, that's where we'll see his, his, physicality, his physicality shine and come through. But um, I'll turn it over to you now for Gafford.
1: Yeah, I I love Gafford, man. I think I, I said this on Twitter a while ago, but I think right now today he is the best um, young wizard um, mm-hmm. under you know under 24th uh, of age years of age um, because I think he's the best. I'm I'm the most sure about Daniel Gafford playing the role. Uh, that he plays on a winning team, which <laughs> is 20 plus minutes a game of just energy dunks, lobs, blocked shots like I know he's going to be in the league for the next 10 years with that skill set um, where some of the other guys it's kind of like they could they could flourish and be stars or they can flame out and be out of the out of a team's rotation altogether. Whereas with Gaffer, he has a skill set that is tried and true for a guy of his stature. Rim runner, pick and roll big, can go up, dunk the ball, put your shot on the rim, run in transition, long athletic, you know, like JaVel McGee made a ten year career, ten plus year career off of that, and won a championship. Um and I think Gafford, at the bare minimum, could do something like that. But you you, you get him under contract early because he also has some upside, like you said, with the touch he has around the rim. If he can add a little jumper to that, um, if he can add some more polish to his post game. And I think he needs to get a little better with his hands. Like, because sometimes he drops the ball, like, he yes. drops passes that you're kind of like, dude, you're supposed to catch that and just dunk it. He brings the ball down under his waist a lot of times and gives little guys swipes at the ball. But it's just little tweaks, man. But he I think he can develop into being a starter, Um, like Mm -hmm. a bona fide starter, like a a Robert Williams level type player. Um, But even if he didn't, you know, he's going to be a solid rotation piece for the next 10 plus years just off of his 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 athleticism and what he brings to the table.
0: I will say that I wasn't enthusiastic about watching KP and Gaff on uh, on the court at the same time a whole lot, bad. but I will say uh, out of the small sample size that we got to take a, a look at it this year, it, it looked good. It looked effective, and you could tell that the, the size of, of both of them on the court at the same time was pretty impactful, and I think it's interesting you say that that as he develops into – a starter you know maybe the wizards decide to do something with kuzma over the summer and they say hey well instead of signing or trading for another guy to fill that role perhaps we'll just put kp at the four and then problem solved now i for still for various reasons i wouldn't do that uh it, certain matchups you can start that way again like if you're playing the Cavs, does it make sense to do that you know probably um but Generally speaking, as of right now, I think Gafford is perfect at that backup five role, backing up uh, a guy like KP. And again, if he goes down, we know that he has that starting experience now. Um, moving on to, well, this is someone I should have brought up earlier, but Vernon Carey. Uh, a very interesting player, nonetheless. Uh, got him in the deal that brought Ish Smith back over when we traded montres Harrell. We also got a second round pick in that deal, I believe. Uh, he, he, to me, is a roster body. Uh, I I don't think that they're going to cut him. I think that he has another year, so I think they'll keep him just for healthy body purposes unless, like Isaiah Todd, if he's a part of a deal, just as like, a filler just for a team to say, yeah, well, we also got this young player back in a deal to work with him and um, you know see what he's got. His free throw shooting is awful. We've already seen that now from the past two games. He he has a little bit of a mid range shot to him, um, but he a lot of the time I feel like he doesn't play to his size. Um, he he looks kind of lost out there sometimes, but definitely not the the worst tools and traits to work with. I'm just not sure what you really want him to become at this point. And again, I I don't see a rotation spot for him next season. I, he he's going to be another end of the bench kind of guy along with Isaiah Todd.
1: Yeah, I don't really know what he does. Well, I just know he's he was big. Um, but when I saw him play um, with the go-go one time, I, he looked like slimmer. Like, he's much slimmer than what I remember him coming out of, uh, of, of Duke on. So, I'm just kind of like, well, did he lose kind of his physical advantage in that regard? And I know, I mean, I know in the NBA 82 games, you got to be at a certain weight to kind of to run with these type of athletes, um, conditioning wise. So I don't know. I don't really know what, what he is right now. I I would need to see a lot more to really make a determination on him, but I mean, he's young, you know, he's cheap. So, you know, develop him.
0: Did you ever watch him at Duke or no?
1: Yeah, I caught him. I caught him from time to time. He just seemed like a, like a big body, just move guys out the way um decent touch around the realm kind of like a Brendan Haywood um you know sure. but he's still raw you know he's not a guy you're gonna run offense for uh sure. Sure. at all but, but if he could turn into a solid big body you know back up big I mean it's not it's, you know it's worth it's worth development
0: moving on to Corey Kispert our first round pick and this was a guy that before the draft I remember um I think I said we're going to come away with one of two or three guys, and this guy was on the list. And with his skill set, I know that this is just something that the team needed, and and it took him a little while to get adjusted, especially with the release to a shot. But what was really more impressive to me outside of his known three-point shooting, which actually for the most part he struggled with this year, he was great in the mid-range area and was – Actually, a really good finisher around the rim. I, I was surprised with the versatility he had around there. But and you mentioned with Gafford how you think that like you, you know what you're getting from him the most out of the young players. I I would put him uh, Kispert at a as probably a close second, if not tied in that regard. I think that Corey Kispert's going to be in the NBA for a long time. He's just a guy that can translate on any team, any lineup, just because of his skill set. Um He had a really good year, I would say, especially when you consider, you know, he's a rookie. You know, he doesn't have to have everything figured out. Uh, You would think because he was an upperclassman when he was drafted that he would be a step ahead uh, than a lot of guys in some aspects. And I think that we saw that as the season went on. I mean, there's a lot of things that he's a lot more polished on in terms of decision making than he's more farther along than Denny, Rui, Gaff. Um, and, And you can see that on the court. And I thought overall that Kispert just had a a really solid year. And if they can't address small forward next year, you know, it wouldn't be, I guess, ideal for him to start, but based off what we've seen and now he gels with other players, I mean, you could do much worse than Corey, but overall, I, I was very encouraged by what we saw this year. I really was.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could tell he, he plays like a kid that played four years in college at a, at a top flight program. Um, he he he's one of those dudes like it was a game. I can't remember the exact game it was, but I remember he he shot like three of two of nine from from the field. But He had he was like a plus 30. And I'm just like, how like how? Right. Well, it's because you watch him the way he's able to play without the ball and, and, and be effective with his in between game. Um, it makes guys around him better. He kind of just blends. He's like the perfect blend guy because he he doesn't need the ball, uh, and then he doesn't make a lot of mistakes on offense. Uh, he's either going to get the ball, shoot it, shoot the three, or he's going to cut and try to get a layup. Um, and then occasionally here and there you might see him maybe try like a little floater or pull up. Uh, but he doesn't play with the ball. He doesn't, he's not going to bounce it off his leg, turn it over. He's not going to try to thread a bad, bad pass. Uh, you know, he's not going to lose the ball. He he's just, he's just a solid player, man. I mean, his two point percentage is 63% for a six foot seven below the rim wing player. That is insane. Um, that tells you just how good he is finishing at the rim you know, kind of those touch floaters around the rim that I didn't even know he had in his game. Uh, I just I thought he was more of like a, you know, Joe Harris, Cal Corva type where it was just all threes and nothing else. But he didn't dunked on the guy through this season. I'm just like, man, he got a little more to his game than what the numbers may show coming out of college. So, yeah, I, I, I really like his game. I thought he had an excellent rookie season. <laughs> Um, and I think they got something to build on. His value is going to be while he's on this cheap rookie contract because, you know, you know what you're getting. You're going to get a guy that's going to eventually be 38% plus from three on high volume. He's going to shoot 90% from the free throw line, and he's going to be a perfect glue guy without the ball in his hands.
0: Yeah, I remember even before the, the draft and after listening to experts experts talk about him, I mean, the – the, the reputation sort of with him was is watch out for that sneaky athleticism because he'll he'll sneak up on you and dunk on you every once in a while and i think between that sort of stuff that we've seen like you said at the nba level and then like i mentioned before with his ability around the reminisce craftiness i mean you definitely see what people were talking about and, and just as in between game i mean again it's it's really solid for what we're asking him to do. He seems like a really solid all-around player, and I hope that he's a wizard for a long time. Like If we have to trade any of the young guys this summer to, to upgrade, I really hope that he's not included to the deal again. He's still the one that I would keep out of the, um, the main three young guys here. We're going to get to the next two here in a second. Um, moving on to hmm, which one do you want to do next, Rui or Denny? Wh- whichever one is more controversial for you, we'll save at the end. Let's do Rui. Rui, okay. So Rui Hachimura, I- I'll let you start with Rui. What would you think about his season this year? Not not much as these other two guys in terms of sample size, but what would you think?
1: So I felt like the it, I saw the improvement that I wanted to see from him as a shooter, uh, kind of extending his range. Uh, but the the fact that he missed. Those 40 plus games, just just out of the blue, I think that kind of kind of stunted his uh, learning curve a little bit, because then in that absence, you saw Kuzma kind of take the reins at his position and kind of, you know, become a core piece of of the team. Because you know nobody kind of really expected that. It was it was this was supposed to be Rui's breakout year as the starting power forward kuzma was kind of looked at as just a throw in in a deal and it ended up kind of being the opposite like like Rui ended up becoming kind of just like a spot shooter it's almost like we're using him now like a like a cam johnson like he just comes in hits two threes a game uh you know he might get a play here or there uh but the feature is really you know kyle kuzma kp and Beal, of course um And going into the year, nobody was thinking that was going to be the case. So it's hard to get a read on what's what's next for him, um, because I thought this was the year that he was going to kind of solidify himself as one of the big three, whoever the top two was with Beal.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I remember last year during the season we were talking about he needed to be the second option in the offense over Westbrook i mean that's not just to say how um not as good that westbrook may have been but more credit a credit to rui because we saw him as a three level scorer that if he got his three point shot right was going to be i mean um, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, one of the best all-around scorers that we've seen recently in a Wizards uniform. And now that he added that three ball, it's like now we want to see games where we put all of it together and we want to see games where he... a stretch where he consistently get 20 points, you know, maybe seven rebounds, shooting over 50% from the field, you know, maybe 37, 38% from three. So... But again, like you said, we, we can't really see that now that Kuzma is, has been so good. And even when they've been using Rui now, like you said, they've been using him kind of like as a Cam Johnson guy where he's just stand on the wing and shoot threes. And I just, I don't think I, he can do that role. And if they bring him back to do that role next year, that's fine. I I would say that you can find someone else to, to do that role and maybe you can get something else back in a deal as well. I I just like, for for fit-wise and just talent that I know guys can bring to the table, I would like to see them flourish elsewhere where they can get a chance to to show their complete package, and I'm just not so sure that uh, that's ever going to be able to happen here. Now, they've thrown out, you know, why don't you start Kuzma and Rui at the same time? I think that would be an awful idea, uh, both offensively and defensively, just for kind of what both guys need to do. But I I will say from what I saw from Rui this year, offensively was great, Uh, but obviously defensively is where he still continues to struggle and is why I think that if if there is a trade and one of the young guys has to get moved this summer, I think that he's the guy.
1: Yeah, I I think his skill set, I love his skill set, and I I continue with this comp of him to to Tobias Harris. Like, I feel like... Have similar body types, um, athleticism, um, and just how they move on the court. Um, and Tobias has kind of developed into this three-level score, uh, but mostly three points and layups. Um, defense always was kind of an issue with him, but you know it wasn't so bad that you know he couldn't be on the court. He was just decent, um, and he found his success when when under Doc Rivers. Um, and I think. That's gonna have to be uh, the case with Rui. Like, it's gonna have to be a coach that kind of believes in his skill set and, and kind of tailors to it to unlock it. Because I really think he could be an eighteen or twenty point per game player, get you about six to seven rebounds, um, and be good enough on defense that it's not he's not a liability to the rest of your 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 lineup and your your uh, your system what you're trying to run. So. Uh, I just don't know that it's going to be here because, again, you got Kyle Kuzma, you know, you got KP now. Of course, you got Beal. assuming he's coming back. So where is he going to get that opportunity to kind of show that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And again, if they want to keep him next year as depth and use him as, you know, that kind of come off the bench, six man, give you the ball and go to work type of thing, you know. Um, I'm all for that I I would just say that I would rather maybe trade him in this situation if they plan on keeping Kuzma and get maybe a a piece or two back maybe a a second round pick a protected first round pick a younger team that could take a fly on him like you know maybe Indiana's looking for a a front court piece to put next to Miles Turner and then uh, another option for Tyrese Halliburton you know. Maybe a, Indiana will give you a veteran and a, and a protected first-round pick. I don't know. Just throwing out a scenario, but definitely something that I would consider. But overall, from what I saw with Rui, I would say I was um, impressed, I guess, given the circumstances. Moving on to the last player on this list, Danny Avdia. This is, this is definitely going to be the most controversial player here that we're going to talk about today. It's a good thing we saved him for last. It's um it's tough because one night he'll look so good and you'll put up, you know, damn near 20 points, you know, have like five rebounds, five assists, whatever it is. And then he'll have nights where he just looks not very good, doesn't shoot well, um relatively speaking still doesn't really finish well around the rim defensively he was he was still pretty solid it's not like he was bad but you were definitely definitely like as the season got um went on it wasn't the same impact that we felt from those first 13 games where it was literally nobody was scoring on him and if you did it was contested to the highest degree where it went on in the season you know he's given up threes and not I guess didn't read the scouting report on some guys. His on-ball defense wasn't just the same. Um, I would say for a kid that's still, he's what, 20, 21 now?
1: Yes, 21, yeah, 21 now, yep.
0: He's still got a lot of time. Um, And I don't want to act like I'm out on him, and this isn't meant to tear him apart. I know that Wizards Twitter and certainly you and I have both um, ripped him at several points during the season and I think that you could see some of that get to him. Um, I'm sure he recognized his own faults. Maybe he doesn't necessarily pay attention to what people say, but watching the film, uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure, and just knowing how you can tell if you're not playing well on the court, I'm sure you can feel a lot of that internal pressure as well as maybe fans and stuff during the game. So um, it, it's hard to play at that level and be productive, especially when, you're not seeing a whole lot translate on the offensive end of the floor, which is where you really need to be proficient in in today's NBA. And his three-point shooting did get better down the stretch of the season, as well as his finishing around the rim. We saw him finish with his left a couple times. But at this point, I kind of just don't know what to make of him because I feel like you'll have games, like really good games, but then more times often than not, we're getting the Denny that can't make a three-pointer or may make one a game and then doesn't offer much stuff uh, inside the arc.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's young, right? So, like, at 21, and so far I feel like it's been a mixed bag. Like, I I think for myself, lowering my expectations for him offensively has kind of allowed me to better appreciate him defensively uh, because I think that's something he could take in the next year and hang his hat on because we surely need it. Like, he's really the only true wing stopper we have that has decent size, you know, that's six, eight plus, um and has the instincts to kind of uh, defend, you know, some of the better wing players in the league. Um, and I think he's got to hang his head on that. I think he needs to try to make his defense, his offense, like try to get steals, try to get rebounds and then push the break, you know, get in transition. But as a half-court player, he's got a lot of development he needs to do. Like, he has to get a left hand. He has to get a better three ball. He has to get a, a, a off-the-dribble game in the mid-range and around the rim. He's got to get better with his finishing. So he has a lot to work on on the offensive side. But I think he can be a very useful player if he really embraces that defensive moniker like you know the throwing up the X denny where he gets his confidence from that end getting a stop getting a rebound getting on a transition getting a steal and getting out and running and making a play that way and then just let the offense just kind of come um like you don't have to force the threes you don't have to force a shot just because you're open like You know, penetrate the defense and see if something else develops. Uh, I, I think I think he can be a solid player. I just again, I just don't see him as like, you know, a cornerstone piece that, you know, you're building an offense through.
0: Yeah, I agree as of right now. And it's not to say that some of those things you mentioned that he struggled with, it's not to say that he hasn't improved because I think that in some aspect we've seen some improvement in a lot of areas. And a popular narrative right now with him is he hasn't had a full offseason yet to kind of work on some of this stuff. So now that he has a full offseason, you know, he's not going to come out guns a blazing, 20 points per game, you know, eight assists, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you, you definitely hope that next season we see some more, translatable skills on a more consistent basis, I think is kind of the hope for him. Um, That being said, if we did end up trading him in a deal, would I be heartbroken? Uh, No. Moving on to Wes Unsell Jr., the last youngin, if that's what you want to call him, from an experience standpoint here. Um, I'm going to let you take Wes first. I'm interested to hear what you had to, to think about his his first
1: year here. Yeah, it was definitely a first year. Uh, (laughs) There were definitely some growing pains uh, with, with some of his, his coaching and rotations and um, some of the stuff that, that was allowed to go on in that locker room. Like, I feel like if, if that's Eric Spolster or Steve Kerr or, you know, um, I don't know any, any veteran coach, it's just not happening. Um, it's not allowed to get to that level. And I think as a first-year coach, and just from what I've I've heard written about him from his Denver days, he doesn't seem like a confrontational guy. He's kind of like, you know, I'm going to let guys be adults. I'm going to let them be themselves. They got a problem. Which is nice and clear. Yeah, yeah. You got a problem. You know where my office is. Um, but he's not a guy that is going to, seek the confrontation with you if there's an issue. Um, and I think that's fine, right? That's fine. But I think you need to pair him with somebody that can play that kind of bad cop role, uh, that that can hold guys accountable, you know, in the moment, not after the fact, you know, not, you know, oh, when it's all kind of settled down and we're in my office, you know, No, like right there in the moment, like like you see that confrontation with Spolstra and and Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying it needs to get to that level, but but Spolstra is going to call you out right then and there, right in the moment. Like it's not going to wait to the halftime locker room speech or after the game and the presser. Like, no, it's going to be right then and there and hold you account for how you play on the court. And his rotations are going to reflect that, too game by game so if you're getting cooked up on defense well you're gonna be sitting next to him on the bench because he's just not gonna tolerate that so i i feel like he's a good coach i just would like to see tommy kind of one empower him to be that guy to you know hey you can go ahead and get in these guys asses a little bit and then also give him some support with a lead assistant that has some experience a staff that has more experience where they know the the foolishness will will not be tolerated. Yeah, it's um I think the
0: the the most disappointing the The most discouraging thing from the season was just how much people kind of openly complained about his system and how things were sort of ran. And then, I mean, even last night, I don't know if you listened to the post-game press conferences, uh, Rui Hachimura was asked how it was uh, playing uh, under Wes Unseld Jr. And a word that he used was difficult. Um, so it, it is a little discouraging to hear that stuff. And then obviously the, the Kuzma comments, Trez has made some comments. Um, I don't think even if Beal has a strong opinion about that, that he would say anything. I mean, as bad as Scott Brooks was for five years, he never said a peep about Brooks. So uh, we wouldn't know on his end whether or not he approves of Wes Umsell Jr. But the the matter of the fact is is that they made a commitment to him for five years. And because of the family legacy, I mean, they're definitely not going to can him this offseason, especially with the, the way the team finished. Uh, they, they finished off the season relatively strong compared to what they – had been on for a while. But I will say that that if we have another season like this next year where there's locker room problems, guys aren't picking up the system, guys aren't buying in defensively, you're going to have to be aggressive and make a change there. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but even – I would still be hesitant to do it um, because, again, he's so young. And you don't want a situation where you're like the Kings, where it's 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 head coach turnover every two three years. Um, sure. You you want to you sure. want to establish a culture and some good habits, and you can only do that by having, you know, uh, 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 continuity. So uh, yeah, I, I I would I would I would be open to it, but I, it would have to be it would have to get really really bad. It would have to get really really bad. Like it would have to get you know we're projected to win 50 games and we only win 30 you know that you know or 20 um it will have to be that type of bad
0: i will say that it will be really disappointing to me and look it's it's his staff he can do whatever he wants with it tommy shouldn't be pressuring him to do anything um it, this should all come from west like this is your coaching staff i would say that they need to address that a little bit more and I think that they have a lot of guys that know basketball but like you said I think they need someone who can kind of be the bad guy a little bit someone who's been there maybe a former player um, a long time veteran coach who can just be in that locker room and on the sideline and really tell guys to get their crap together uh, the 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 most vocal guys that are on the bench I mean is basically just Pat Delaney Joseph Blair And no one else really kind of says anything for the most part, which is fine. I mean, you don't want everyone shouting stuff the entire game, but I think you need someone there who has a little bit more of a proven track record to kind of be that guy behind Wes and get these guys to buy into what they're trying to sell the players next season. Uh, Anything else you want to get into before we close this one out?
1: Yeah. uh, No, I think, I think that's it, man. Um, uh, uh cheers to another <laughs> non-playoff season and hopefully you know we can uh we can get some lottery luck man
0: yeah we're definitely going to get into all that in the draft prospects different ways we can improve the team Where i hadn't brought this up to you yet but i was thinking for some episodes we can kind of do like a mock off season where we can kind of use like 2 Ks as, as a template and we can make like different types of moves and free agency trades and see what we can kind of put together to improve the team. But much more of that down the line, we're still going to do our next episode.
1: So we're trying-